0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Fantasy Football Fanatics Podcast for Episode 6, Gracie. It's uh, Fitzy here, joined by the big man down the line. How are you going today, dude?
1: Yeah, not too bad. We're, yeah, third of the way through the season. It feels a bit strange we're already there. So next yeah. week we'll be talking Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, obviously uh, big week this week coming up and um, some big games from the weekend as well.
0: Yeah, massive. And of course, it's sort of that bi-week hell this week. And we'll talk about it in just a moment. But first things first, the first topic of discussion has always been the Arizona Cardinals, Gracie. They're now six and zip and no, no one looks like getting anywhere near them. They've now added Zach Ertz to the roster as well. That gives them another element at tight end. I mean, this, this juggernaut of a team is just going to continue rolling as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, there's, they don't really have too many weaknesses, do they? You know, you got AJ Green pops up for a, a score and some yards every now and then. And, you know, still got one of the probably the best wide receivers in the game in uh, in Hopkins as well. So got some good targets uh, there and um, I don't know who's going to stop them.
0: No, and they've got Houston this week. So I highly doubt they're going to stop them and we'll bring them up in the DST streamers later on in the show. But as I just mentioned, dude, like it's fantasy bye week how we've got. The Bills, the Cowboys, the Jags, the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Chargers all with the bye this week. So, in one of my leagues, my starting running backs are Devontae Booker and uh, Michael Carter. So, let's just uh, <laughs> pray for a bit of luck there. But uh, this is going to be one of those weeks, I think, and uh, everyone just seems to be out at once, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I don't know how this managed to happen. And obviously, you know, everyone drafting didn't take into account uh, the buys too much. I had a little bit of a look when I did mine, like when you're, I guess, doing your wide receivers and running backs. But um, yeah, I know I'm playing someone in our league this week who's, uh, whose bench has uh, got a better starting lineup than their actual <laughs> starting lineup. So I need something to go my way. I'm struggling a little bit, so I'll take it.
0: Actually, yeah. How is the, uh, how is, what's your team called this season? I've forgotten. Uh, Lights, Kamara action! Lights, camera, action! Desperate yeah. for a win, a win this week against uh, another guy that's been unlucky in our league. I believe he keeps complaining. He's what first on overall scoring, and he's two and four or thereabouts. Yeah. yeah, let's get yeah, behind we're both.
1: We're both two. We're both two and four. So one of us is gonna uh, yeah go the right way, and the other is gonna keep going the wrong way.
0: Yeah, that's how it sometimes goes. I've been a bit lucky in Le, but Gracie, let's work our way through some studs and duds of the week. As you mentioned, a few massive games the last round, but uh, let's just kick it off here just under the quarterbacks. I just wanted to bring up Josh Allen and Kyler Murray very quickly. Nothing major sort of to mention here, but you can sort of see a little gap starting to form, can't you, between these sort of top-tier quarterbacks and the next few that have those odd down weeks. But these guys are just performing week in, week out, and possibly showing that maybe next season, drafting a quarterback early might be a good strategy.
1: Yeah, these guys. Um, you know, you throw Mahomes in there. Obviously, he's a he's a walk up start every week as well. And it's quite funny. I think I said it on last week's show. Fitz the the uh, one of the guys I work with in our fantasy, and he was tossing up between starting Josh Allen and Tom Brady. So I soon gave him a clip over the year and uh, told him told him <laughs> what to do. So, but uh, no, nah, you're right. They they're separating each other. Pretty comfortably now, and um, you know, especially from the, the I suppose the next ring of guys who would be, I guess, your Brady's and your Hertz's and even Dak had a pretty good game on the weekend, and has been pretty good since he's come back. Even Lamar, um, you know, we saw on the weekend. We'll discuss Lamar shortly, but um, yeah, there's these two guys are, are separating themselves, mm. um, and Mahomes. I, I think you include Mahomes just off his previous history, and you know he had a very good game on the weekend as well, so. I think you can include him in there. No problems at all.
0: Yeah, I I actually agree with you there. And I would not have any hesitations drafting one of these guys, even in the fourth round, maybe even the end of the third round next season. I think there's a bit of a revival of the quarterback. Of course, the trend is now rushing quarterbacks, and they're the guys that are doing so well. Kyler, Josh Allen, these guys that do it done on the ground. But let's talk about a guy you just brought up then, Jalen Hurts, in that loss against the Bucks on Thursday Night Football. He was amazing. He had one passing touchdown. But the two rushing touchdowns, he's sort of taking a bit of usage away from uh, Sanders over there. But he's really living up to those expectations. I know you were huge on him in the preseason, but he scored over 20 standard points every week. And I almost feel like this still room for him to improve
1: yeah well i think if he um as you said he's taking the rushing touch especially the goal line touchdowns away from sanders so that that hurts i didn't really think it would uh, have this much of effect when i drafted sanders i think i drafted sanders i checked today 24th overall so uh does hurt quite a bit but um yeah hurts is taking all the goal line touchdowns and you know, if he turns that 115 pass yards from the weekend into say 200 and even another touchdown, they win the game, and he's probably scored 30 points. So yeah. um, it's uh, he's he's consistent, and I think he's you know he, he's going to have a game soon that's just going to be enormous. Like he'll play out a 40 point game, you know, a couple of rushing touchdowns. But I think just having that rushing yardage um, and the touchdown, especially the goal line, it's just yeah, it's been unreal to have him in fantasy so far. So. Um hopefully yeah, keeps it going.
0: It's that safe floor, really, isn't it? It's funny that pun use there that hurts is hurting Miles Sanders. That's quite good, actually. He didn't pick that one up. <laughs> but let's talk about another quarterback very quickly, a guy we haven't even mentioned on the show. Kirk Cousins he had a really nice game in that win against the Panthers. Three uh, passing touchdowns, 373 yards. We know he can get the ball in the air. But I just wanted to bring it up because I think that the Vikings are a team to watch after the bye, Gracie. And even Kirk Cousins might be worth a little stash on your bench if you've got some room because he's got some great weapons out there. They're sitting three and three. Of course, Delvin Cook's missed a couple of games. I really think that the Vikings are one to watch out for after the buy and Kirk Cousins. I feel like he's the main man in that offense to really drive it forward.
1: Yeah. He's had a really good start to the season, even though they are three and three, but he's got the weapons there. Obviously JJ and Thielen um, back into some form as well. And then, you know, as you said, Delvin cook as well. So they've still got some good talent on that uh, offensive roster and um, he's always going to be a threat and he's just sneaking under the radar. I think, I think, you know, if, Someone drops him this week with obviously them having the buy. I wouldn't be, um, you know, if your quarterback hasn't had the buy yet. I'd I'd happily stash him uh, on your bench um, for someone that's either not playing yeah. or, or if you've got a backup just to have him for that buy when your quarterback does have the buy. Because um, as I've seen in another league this week of, of mine, I'm struggling to get a, a decent quarterback to start. So it's uh, it's a very concerning. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I just really like him for the rest of the season. He's arguably got the best weapons in the NFL, especially when Dalvin Cook is healthy. So look out for them to have a really strong sort of second half or second three quarters of the season, or whatever you want to say. But let's move on to the duds of the week, Gracie. And we had to throw pro Dak Prescott in here. Of course, we've already got Russell Wilson out. We've got a bunch of quarterbacks with the bye this week. So it's a very tricky one, as you mentioned. Uh, so Dak and the, and the Dallas Cowboys did get up against the Patriots. He had a monster game, 445 yards and three touchdowns. But he has strained the cut- which is going to be reassessed after the buy, I believe, or during the week, of course. The buy has definitely come at the right time, but I'll tell you what, if he misses any time, Gracie, it's uh, you're going to have to rely on guys like Kirk Cousins to fill in for a few weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you, you, You'll find someone... You've you pretty much just got to find someone that's going to get you some decent points um, for, for at least a week. I think he'll be back after tomorrow. I would, wouldn't be surprised if he misses two weeks with this, obviously, the buyer next week, but... Anyone that's got Zeke Elliott will be, you know, um, licking their lips at this because if if Dak does miss any time, I think Zeke's going to get 30 carries for the game. Um, So he's going to get some fair old usage. And um, fantasy wise, if you got him, you'd be very, very happy with that. Yeah.
0: And we, of course we saw CeeDee Lamb had a big bounce back game as well. And we'll talk about him shortly, but let's talk about the charges and Ravens game. Cause this is quite an interesting one. Uh, Justin Herbert had that monster game the other week, but then sort of backed it up now with uh, 195 yards and just the one touchdown, but Baltimore absolutely suffocated the charges. But as a result, Lamar also had a quiet game. He had a very funny one, 167 yards, one touchdown. He had the eight rushes for 51 yards, but I think the Ravens D got the job done. As you can see, Herbert and all of the charges, offensive players are affected. Uh, But a lot of running backs were sort of getting in the game for the Ravens too. I did notice, Gracie, there was quite a few touches going around. So just one of those funny games. And I reckon we've mentioned it before that Lamar has these odd games every so often. The Ravens offense has these weird games every so often. Mark Andrews was sort of the beneficiary of that touchdown pass. But yeah, very strange game uh, over the weekend with the Chargers and the Ravens.
1: Yeah, it's hard to trust the – definitely it's hard to trust the running backs of the Ravens. We see that from the weekend's game. I think four of them had touchdowns, or three or four Mm. of them had touchdowns. And obviously, Lamar takes a lot of the rushing yards away and and rushing attempts. So um, unless they draft an out-and-out star from the draft or or get in a top free agent, which I don't think they will, not with Lamar being so good at at running the football himself. Mm. So – um, it just it just heavily affects um, you know Hollywood. Obviously, um, Bateman was another one that he debuted as well. Um, it was their uh, top top pick from last year. So yep. yeah, it's it's very hard, especially when their defense dominates as well. We know how good the Ravens' defense has been in previous years and how good they can be. And sometimes they'll score the odd touchdown or two as well, and that that can take away from the offense. But I oh, know you'd be very game if you started. Uh, the Ravens defense this week that's for sure last mm. week I should say
0: yeah absolutely and um, I think they got uh, a couple of interceptions or one interception there. but as you're sort of alluding to Devonta Freeman Le- Le'Veon Bell and who's the other one I'm thinking of now I've just gone blank uh, Murray Murray all yeah, found the end zone and that just never happens with Baltimore running back so it's a very interesting situation it's very hard to trust any of them at the moment but um, watch this space anyway moving forward I wouldn't be surprised if later in the season one of them kind of comes out as the top dog but right now it's just a bit of a three-headed monster but speaking of yeah. the running backs let's move into the studs of the week in the running back category Gracie and a guy that's just a permanent fixture in our running sheet here is Derek Henry he was massive in that win against the Bills that's a huge statement win too mind you against Buffalo he had 20 rushes hundred and thirty 43 yards and three touchdowns. He just put the team on the back and got them across the line.
1: He did. And uh, obviously, the out that 143 yards, he had a 76-yard touchdown run for the first of the game as well. So um, he's just unstoppable. I think we've said it multiple weeks. He's like he, no one can match up on him. And I think the one play on the weekend, it was one of his goal line touchdowns. He got uh, one of the Bills defensive line he is an absolute monster like he's huge and Derrick Henry just brushed him aside like I just don't know I don't think anyone can stop him Fitz. I think you know even if you had 13 14 defensive uh, linemen I still don't think you'd stop Derrick Henry so um yeah he's definitely uh definitely a, a must start and I don't know I suppose you, you reassess the third of the way through the season whoever had pick one in your draft and pick McCaffrey might be slightly regretting it at the moment, just obviously it's a bit hard with McCaffrey injured, but yeah, Henry's been uh, been pretty much yeah. top, top tier every week.
0: Yeah, and it comes into that durability, doesn't it? And here's just, just a one-word answer from you, Gracie. Is Derek Henry the consensus number one pick in next year's draft? Yes, Yeah, I would have thought so after this performance. But let's move our way through. And another guy that we've been singing the praises of the last couple of weeks after putting the miles on him early in the season is Jonathan Taylor. He had another really good game. Really impressed with what I'm seeing from Taylor. He had the 14 rushes, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. But the thing for me is you look at Henry's usage and you look at Taylor's usage, he's only getting 15, 16 max carries per game. But what he's doing with that is just outstanding. And if he's your RB2, you are sitting in a beautiful position.
1: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. If he's rb if he's RB1, you know, you, you'd be a little bit worried because I don't think he's quite puts up the RB1, um, I guess, big numbers every week. Um, but, yeah, definitely RB2. You're, you're very, very happy. And, and keep in mind, they did play the Texans. Obviously, we you know, their defense or their whole organization's a bit of a shambles at the moment. But, uh, you know, since, as you said, Fitzy put the moz on him, he's come back with uh, yep. two 20-plus point fantasy games. So, Fingers crossed for for all his owners that he keeps it going. And um, look, he's a young young running back and he's going to have games where he's quiet. But yeah, I still uh, still think he'll have a strong, um, I guess, remaining two-thirds of the season.
0: Yeah, not to mention we did say he was a very good buy-low option you know, after those first couple of quiet games that he had. So hopefully he did get swing a trade for him. But... Another guy who turned it on, almost turned the clock back a bit, was Leonard Fournette back on Thursday Night Football. 22 rushes, which is a lot for a Bucs running back. He had a couple of touchdowns and 80 yards. Now, that's his most carries for the year. And I think he's starting to build something really nice here. Of course, Rojo seems to be in the doghouse because he had a fumble in like week two or whatever. and We've barely seen him since. But I'm feeling like Leonard Fournette's going out in that sort of RB2 and definitely flex, start with confidence kind of category now.
1: Yeah, I'd start him in a flex. Obviously, bye weeks, you, you probably may have to start him as an RB2, possibly, to cover some uh, some bye guys, but yeah, I'd be uh, happy if you're starting him as your flex, and it's, uh, for me, Fitzy, the Bucks are similar to the Ravens, is one week, it'll be, you know, the running game will get the job done, you know, next week, Brady will throw five touchdowns, and you know, two of their receivers will go off for two touchdowns, sort of like what happens with the Ravens, so, um, yeah, it's it's very similar, it's I think it's just matchup dependent again. Um, obviously, you know against the Eagles, their their rush defense isn't the greatest, and um, and Leonard Fournette took uh, advantage of that um, very much so th- this past mm-hmm. week.
0: Yeah, he certainly did. I'm I'm starting to feel like he's getting into that confidence range. We know he has the talent. We've seen what he can do, but watch this space. He'd be very happy as an owner. But another guy that needs more respect out here, Gracie, I feel is Daryl Henderson Jr. He had another great game in that win over the Giants. 21 rushes, 78 yards, one touchdown. I feel like he needs more respect because he's missed one game, but he's still a top five running back by, uh, by average points in standard fantasy. He hasn't scored under 10 yet. I feel like it's probably more the Rams offensive line. We know how good they are. Every running back that starts in that team is brilliant. So more respect for Daryl Henderson, Gracie. I don't know what you feel about that, but if you drafted him early, you'd be feeling very happy.
1: Yeah. And even if you got him as your RB2, I think looking in our league, he went pick 50 or 60 or something like that. So he went in sort of the fifth or sixth round Mm. thereabouts. So um, yeah, if you've got him as your RB2, you'd be even happier. And you know, um, as you said, that offensive line is just unreal. Sony Michelle's, when he gets his opportunity, has been pretty good as well. So, um, you know, depending, I'm not sure if Cam is coming back this season or not. You know, it could have an effect, but I think at this stage, you know, you wouldn't be too concerned um, with Henderson losing his uh, number one role and getting, yeah. you know, 20 plus attempts a game.
0: Tell you what, I'm probably thinking that if, if Akers comes back next year, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against spending maybe even like a late second, early third round pick, knowing the talent he has with that offensive line. Daryl Henderson can do it. I think he can do it even better. But um, yeah. let's keep moving through here to some of the duds of the week. And Miles Gaskin, first timer on the dud list, but he's been a dud most of the season. To be fair, in that game over in London, he only had the five rushes for nine yards, Gracie, and he caught a couple of touchdowns last week. If you quite if you remember that, but the Dolphins just are not getting it done on the field or on the ground whatsoever. He's sharing some touches with Brown and Ahmed in that backfield. I think that game last week was a bit of a uh, bit of a, a random one, so to speak. So I think he's probably droppable at this point. I don't think uh, anyone's going to be picking up Miles Gaskin in a hurry after the, the season he's had so far.
1: Yeah, I think the only two guys just starting from the, uh, the Dolphins is waddle and uh Gaseki is that how you say his name Gasecki yeah. or something um yeah I don't, I don't think you're starting Gaskin at the moment and um, yeah I agree there's some guys out there that are that are playing you know the backups are playing to some starters for a few weeks so if they're available I'd be uh, dropping Gaskin for them.
0: Yeah, even just looking at the list that we'll go through later on, you know, I'd be dropping in for G- uh, JD McKissick or Michael Carter, any of these guys that have got a chance to sort of take over a backfield. The Dolphins just don't run the football. And look, you've got yeah. uh, a few guys to come back. Still, Will Fuller's got to come back. Devontae Parker's got to come back as receivers, too. So I'd say it's probably going to be more of the same for Miles Gaskin. But we've already spoken about the Ravens' Chargers game, so we won't go into it too far. But Austin Eckler, we know these superstars can have quiet games. He only had six rushes for seven yards, which is hardly anything. Funnily enough, Justin Herbert was a lead rusher with 12 yards. So just a bad day for the Chargers there, Gracie. But uh, you, get, you get to expect these sometimes from your superstars.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I don't think we'll see him on this list too many more times for the rest of the season. No, I... Absolutely agree, but I've got to get
0: your thoughts on here, man. I know you're a Miles Sanders owner. I know you threw him into your lineup on Thursday night or Friday morning It was in Australia. He had some amazing runs in that game, I have to admit. You would be so frustrated with the Eagles organization watching how well well Miles Sanders runs the football to think that he only got the nine rushes on the game. That could have easily been a 100-yard game on the ground for him if they gave him that 14, 15 touches, but, man, that must be frustrating.
1: Oh, it is. It, It makes it like it's... Probably makes up for it because I got Hurts, and Hurts is the one that's taking away these rushing attempts and uh, rush you know, the goal line touchdowns. So um, it's it's a tough one because I, I started Sanders and um, Devonta Smith, so I had three Eagles players, and uh, Sanders and Smith sort of duddled it, uh, it up for me, and um, I had Chubba Hubbard and Alex Collins on the bench who uh, dominated, and I think I would have won my matchup if I had started those two over, The other two, so uh, it's frustrating times, but anyway. Um, But yeah, look, I'm hoping Sanders, like, you know, I was watching that game as well, and, you know, he broke some good lines, probably the best he's looked all season so far. So, look, fingers crossed that, you know, they get into a game. I think this week they got the Raiders, who are a very um, poor defensive team in general. So, uh, they do have Sanders projected to score over 10, so... Uh, fingers crossed that, you know, he gets um, another opportunity. I, I think if he gets a 15-carry game, I think, you, as you said, he'll get 100, run, 100 run, uh, yards rushing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you, you, even if you got, say, a 70 or an 80 and then he gets a goal-line touchdown, then you've, you're happy if you're a Miles Sanders owner with him getting that sort of every week. So, look, there's a long way to go in the season and hopefully he can turn it around. And, um, you know, at the moment this week, I do have him on my bench this week because I do have – Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard and Alex Collins to start so um, but that could change before the week's out you
0: know what'll happen it'll be the opposite this week <laughs> You put, that yeah well Alex
1: Alex in. Collins is under injury cloud so we'll yeah. see Sanders could come what in.
0: happens. it's interesting you mentioned Sanders because I think I mentioned it on an earlier podcast how last year they brought Jordan Howard across to basically ruin Miles Sanders' output he had 15 carries in week one for 74 yards and a few receptions for 13 fantasy points and that's probably more what you'd expect from him and strange because over the years the Eagles have been a great rushing team so you got to wonder what they've got against Miles Sanders but fingers crossed they can turn that around soon but let's get into a couple of guys under injury clouds as you've sort of brought up an injury there already Antonio Gibson is one he went down uh, with a calf injury I believe in that game against the Chiefs he had 10 rushes a fumble for and 44 yards but he's been ultra consistent this year Gracie Probably one of the, high, uh, the highlights or the shining lights, I should say, in that Washington offense. But um, I think J.D. McKissick, and we'll talk about him shortly, is a worthy backup should Gibson miss any time.
1: Yeah, I think I haven't read the report yet on Gibson, but I would you would think a calf injury means he will probably miss this week. So, um, yeah, I'd uh, be snapping up McK- McKissick, as you said um this week but um yeah gibson's been pretty good for majority of the season so far so i think once he's back healthy i think you'll uh you'd be pretty happy to slot him back in
0: at yeah. uh, say
1: that rb2 spot
0: 100 percent, and a couple of other running backs that are injured it's funnily enough that the cleveland browns with that two-headed running back attack of course uh chubb is still probably a couple of weeks away gracie but hunt went down on the weekend and he's sort of shining game to sort of feature as the running back of the browns he had a, a okay game he's going to be at least three weeks on the IR and Dearness Johnson is the pickup I believe they're playing Thursday night football too so you get a good look at yep. him before the season kicks in but just real shame for the Browns running backs because they are literally the highlight of that offense
1: oh yeah absolutely I was very excited when I saw Chubb was uh was out and Hunt was going to be the man but um I think Hunt works better when Chubb's playing because Chubb gets all the sort of early down work. And then Hunt um, is sort of the guy that, you know, gets involved in the passing game, gets a few rushes. And that's where his previous three games have, have he's played unreal because Chubb's been there to, I guess, uh, you know, make it even tougher for the defense on which one to cover. So, um, look, he still had the 14 rushing attempts, Hunt, for 16 uh, yards, uh, 66 yards, sorry. Um, but, yeah, um, he'll be out for, for three weeks, unfortunately. But... I oh, know I wouldn't be wasting a waiver wire spot on, uh, on uh, DNS Johnson just because Chubb will probably be back. I would say next week.
0: It's tough because I could, I could legit see him coming out and scoring 20, 30 points this week like that. We know what the Browns running backs can do. It's just a good situation to be in. So if you're desperate giving that, it is a bye week, a tricky bye week maybe worth a free agency ad, maybe not a waiver wire, especially not a top three, I would think. But let's move on to the uh, wide receivers and the studs of the week and two guys we've got to talk about. I mentioned CD Lamb already earlier and Cooper Cup, Gracie, he had a bit of a bounce back game. Both of them had nine receptions and a pair of touchdowns and had a huge bounce back game in one situation. And I suppose Cooper Cup's been a little bit quiet the last few weeks as well. He flexed his muscles there, but two guys that could potentially finish top 10, I think Cooper Cup's been a bit quiet the last few weeks and CD Lamb was definitely due for a big game, but two guys that are sort of starting to live up to the hype a bit.
1: Yeah, I think CD Lamb's always going to be um, it's him or Cooper. You know, you got Schultz as well. You know, um, Elliott gets some passing uh, touches, Pollard as well. So there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. But every now and then, you're going to get you know one or two that are going to sort of, uh, I guess, go off and um, and and really provide for the team and and, you know if you've got them in fantasy so I think uh, it's very hard to trust each one with confidence I think every week in my opinion out of the um, Cooper and CD land that's for sure yeah, that's probably a fair point.
0: Very t- t- stiff on, on Cooper Cup. He's been pretty good this week. But here's a good question for you then, leading into our next player in terms of reliability week to week is Jalen Waddle. He had a massive game over in London, caught a couple of touchdowns, 10 catches off t- uh, 13 targets, if you don't mind. He does play really well with Tua as quarterback. But as I mentioned earlier, Devontae Parker and Will Fuller are supposed to return, uh, in, I suppose, in the next couple of weeks. Is he a week to week starter yet, Gracie, or are we still going to play the matchups with Waddle?
1: yeah i think it's still the matchup so I think Parker's due back this week so that that will affect i mean he had 13 targets and i think he's had double digit, digit targets more than once this season so um you know the volumes there i think they'll drop off a little bit with uh with Parker back in the side we know he's the clear number one uh, wide receiver there and um you know don't forget you' got um he's still got to feed uh Jisiki as well the tight end so there's still uh, a few few mouths to feed on that offense but um Matchup dependent absolutely.
0: Yeah, the talent is definitely there with Jalen Waddle. He's showing how good he's been as a rookie. But the last guy I wanted to bring up here, there were quite a few receivers that went well this week. But I wanted to mention Donovan Peoples-Jones with a name like that. How could we not? He had a couple of touchdowns, yeah. 101 yards, including a huge Hail Mary catch at the end of the first half. Now, he's a guy that pops up maybe once a season and has a good game, a bit like David Njoku the other week as well. So going to throw some love out to Donovan Peoples-Jones, Gracie. They had that loss against the Cardinals, I assume. It looks like he scored both their touchdowns in that game so look, yes, mate, yeah. back it up on uh, Thursday night
1: football who knows who knows look five targets is a little uh, little concerning I guess it's quite low but you know if you're going to be um, he's obviously going for those long balls but don't forget they got Odell there as well who uh, who generally likes those longer throws as well so uh, it's an interesting offense um, yeah <laughs> that uh, that offense
0: yeah, it's actually a very good way to put it, funnily enough. A very interesting offense, the Cleveland Browns. But let's move on to some duds of the week. I have to throw some names at you here, Gracie, because a lot of wide receivers went actually fairly ordinary in standard scoring. So these guys all scored six or less Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Julio, uh, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Alan Robinson, Keenan Allen, T Higgins, Chris Goodwin, Godwin, Michael Pittman Jr., Tyler Lockett, Hollywood Brown. All scored six or less fantasy points this week. Did you have any of those in your lineup?
1: No, but I had Diggs who finally scored a touchdown. So, you know, it was the opposite for me. Diggs, Diggs went well, so I was happy with that, and Deontay Johnson as well. So I, I had two good wide receivers this week. So, what it continues. They both got Jerk. the bye this week, so that that kills me.
0: Yeah, look, even though we had those guys score less than six, we had some duds that scored even less than that. The first guy off the rank is Tyler Boyd. Only the one catch, Gracie. He's clearly the third option now behind T Higgins. And Jamar Chase has had such a good season. We can't be ignoring how good he's been. I think he's going to be very cons- uh, inconsistent moving forward. And I he's very close to being droppable. I've hold on to, held on to him in our league just in case because we know that Joe's throwing that ball around quite a bit. But Tyler Boyd, man, it's hard to fit him into a lineup at the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can start him at all. I don't even think he should be rostered, to be honest. Um, especially, you know, Higgins and Chase are going to be the, the main ones. And, you know, even um, Joe Mixon will get some catches as well every now and then. So, yeah, I just stay away from Tyler Boyd.
0: Yeah, not fair call there. And a couple of guys who we probably wouldn't stay too far away from, but Mike Williams, we know how good he's been this season. Only the two catches, but he, of course, was that victim of the Ravens game, That just very strange game, as we've already mentioned there. You're going to have to expect a couple of low scores from Mike Williams. Traditionally, he's been fairly boom or bust, so just a down week for him.
1: Oh, yeah, totally agree. I think his start to the year, he wants to have a bad game, so I think just let it slide. I think so too. And guys... Uh,
0: One other guy here that's very interesting is Mike Evans, and he's kind of been on both lists for us throughout kind of the season so far. You kind of expect Gronkowski out that he might have been performing a little bit more consistently, but he had the four targets for only a couple of catches. I'm putting in there that Antonio Brown looks like the consistent option at the moment, the way he's sort of getting it done all around the field. He's finding the end zone as well. I, I, I can't place Mike Evans. It's the same situation every year. He bobs up, he has a couple of good games, and he completely disappears. Then this week he might come out and have 10 catches for three touchdowns.
1: Yeah, last year he was probably the most consistent I reckon he's been since I've been doing the fantasy over the past sort of four or five years. So, um, you know, he was either – if he wasn't scoring a touchdown, he at least had, you know, 60 to 80 yards, so still was scoring some points. But, yeah, I think I agree. I think Brown's the main guy there, and then when Gronk's back, he'll be the one. But obviously, don't forget Leonard Fournette's taking, you know, a fair chunk of this offense as well. You know, 20 rushes this week. Um, you yeah, know that's a lot of offense that's being taken away from these receivers, and if Brady has an off game, they'll go to the running game. But I think when Gronk comes back, it's yeah, it's a tough one. I think Evans, you could probably still try and sell him and, and get something, but his trade value is probably diminishing uh, week by week at the moment. Yeah.
0: He's slowly working down the rankings. And I feel like AB slowly working his way up. And don't forget, they got Giovanni Bernard, who comes in on third down to catch passes as a running back as well. But the final guy we've got to mention here is Scary Terry. He's on the start or the dud list. It's a bit of consistency with these guys. But I think the one thing I want to bring up again, as we said, I think it was last week or the week before when he had a quiet game, he still had eight targets this week. Like, it's yep. still, that's when you're talking about floor. Like, not many of the guys, if they're going to have a quiet week, for example, Evans only had the four targets, Williams had five, Tyler Boyd had three. Like, there you go. Like, yeah. there's just the difference between these guys that going to be consistent. Gibson out might open up a few opportunities, Gracie, but um, I think it's going to be a long season for the Washington football team, but um, Scary Terry still a week-to-week week start.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd still not worried about, uh, about him. I think you definitely um, start him, for sure.
0: Yeah, I would agree there. Now let's move into the tight ends. And this is where things get a bit interesting at the moment. It's, um just reminds me of years ago when t- tight end was basically a complete wasteland and you're just banking on touchdowns because it's basically going that way this year as well. First cab off the rank though, Gracie, Noah Fant. and he's becoming an interesting proposition, very slowly working his way into sort of week-to-week reliability. He had nine catches on 11 targets just about out of nowhere. He found the end zone, had 97 yards. I mean, we're talking about, you know, tight ends relying on touchdowns. I think he's probably the poster boy for that argument. But no offense, man, I think he's probably close to being week to week. After a few weeks ago, we almost said he was droppable.
1: Yeah, I I was going to bring that up. I think we put the moz on him and said that everyone should drop him. But I've got him in a PPR league and have had him um, for the whole year. And he's been unreal because, you know, 11 targets, 9 catches, there's 9 points straight up, so... Yeah, he's unreal in a PPR league. And I think if you've got him in a non PPR, I think you still keep him anyway. If he's getting 11 targets on that offense, that's not bad. But don't forget, Jerry Judy's still to come back in as well. So that may just, I guess, drop him off a little bit. But I'd still start him with confidence.
0: I think so too. He's a young tight end as well in a relatively young team around him on top of that. So I'd be starting with confidence now, I think. And if he was dropped for whatever reason in your league, I'd be definitely scooping him up. But one guy that's turned his season almost completely around in a fortnight is Mark Andrews. He caught another TD after having his first one last week. He caught two last week, one this week. He's obviously a must start now, Gracie. Not much to say about Mark Andrews, but he seems to be becoming a little bit more consistent over the last few weeks, I think, in that Baltimore offense.
1: Yeah, it seems that uh, Lamar Jackson's even looking for him a bit more now and um, obviously has that great relationship built up. So um, it's, a, it's a tough either. You're still comfortable to start him, I think, um, but just what we'll maybe wait and see how, you know, obviously Bateman come back last week. So, you know, let him settle in another week into that offense. So it's, uh, as we said, look, the Ravens offense is just a tough one to know who's going to pop up each week and score touchdowns or, or go big.
0: It's a tough one. But we do know that when uh, Lamar won MVP a couple of years ago, that Mark Andrews was his favorite target just about. So look out for that to happen in the sort of second half of the season. But let's talk Zach Ertz for a minute here, Gracie, because he had a decent game on Thursday night football. And then he got traded to the Cardinals, as we mentioned earlier. And I think that's fantastic news, not just for Zach Hurts, but also for Dallas Goddard. He's left on the Eagles roster. We know what he can do when he's the sole tight end as well. Are you buying into either of these guys? Do you think Zach Ertz can work out a little role in that offense that already has so many mouths to feed or Do you think got it? Now gets a nice bump up with Zach Ertz moved on.
1: Yeah, I think got it. Got it. I'd be starting. Got it over Ertz. I think. I just don't know how Ertz gets his. You know, his target share in that um, Arizona offense. It's yeah, it's gonna be tough for him. I think. But um, look, tight ends—they're big targets, and you know they do get they do get the odd uh, target in the end zone. So as you said, you know, touch touchdown relevant. Or reliant, um, but yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be starting go uh, to over, or got it over Ertz.
0: Yeah, no, that's a fair call, I think. And, and it's funny because this trade rumor started over a year ago. If you remember, they were looking to trade one of these guys, and it's sort of, I'm happy they kind of did, I suppose, and hopefully they can both. Uh, sort of move on. But uh, another guy we've spoken about a couple of times already is Mike Giusecki. I'm a big fan of this guy, Gracie. He loves to, uh, they'd love throwing, or he loves throwing to Giusecki. He had eight catches, nine targets, 115 yards. He didn't find the end zone, but I'll tell you what, he's a really good bye week feeling. If he's sitting there on your sort of free agency list, I'm probably, I'm getting close to starting in with confidence just because the target shares there. It's very similar to Noah Fant. If the usage is there, the touchdowns are a bonus, but you can safely slot him in and hope for six, seven, eight standard fantasy points.
1: Yeah, I think over the next two to three weeks, I'd, I'd more than comfortable starting, but probably look at uh, wait and then see what you know Parker and Fuller impact has when they're back in as well. But uh, he's definitely putting a case forward to to a safe start each week.
0: Yeah, I agree. And we know he was Ryan Fitzpatrick's, one of his favorite targets last season as well. So they love getting him involved in that offense. But let's talk about why we're starting guys like Mike Jasicki with a few of the injuries we've got going on at the moment. Of course, Dawson Knox broke a bone in his hand, if that doesn't sound like much fun. They've got the bye this week, so we're obviously going to hold him. But he sort of joins a list of Logan Thomas, Gronkowski we've spoke about. God, it'll be back soon, hopefully. Kittle's on the IR. There's a little bit going on at tight end at the moment. It is a bit of a wasteland, as I said before. Uh, even if you pick Knox up, you're probably still looking for a placement this week and Schultz has probably been added and these guys are probably gone so it's going to be very hard picking a tight end this week I've deliberately left them off the list because it's a it's a it's it's a tricky one to to work out but I guess like I said it's it's touchdown or bust at the moment in the tight end position
1: yeah absolutely Uh, I mean I'm lucky I've got Kyle Pitts he's already had his bye so I avoid all the carnage at tight end in our league but uh yeah look I'm quietly happy that Knox has injured himself because he was taking all of Stefan Diggs's targets and touchdowns away. So, um, yeah, but I'm sure he'll be back um, probably after their buy. That's, you know, it's an interesting one. Broken bone in the hand. It depends on, the, I guess, how quickly he can recover from that. If not, he may miss a week or two. But, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, you're still comfortable in starting Dawson Knox. And, you know, he's the first NFL player to ever have the first name Dawson, there has never oh, been yeah. another Dawson, oh, uh, player in the NFL with the first name oh. Dawson. So he, uh, he, there's been plenty of players with the last name Dawson but not Dawson first name
0: awesome. so. that's a um, that's a great stat actually thanks Mr. Uh, Mister analyst Matt Grace that's actually <laughs> quite a cool one you would have thought there'd be a Dawson going around but anyway it's a very tricky I'm even just looking I've got the second screen going here with some of the tight ends on our waiver wire unless you're going to worry or rely on Austin Hooper Jared Cook Oh, he's on the buy as well Robert Tonyan. like good luck finding a tight end this week and seems like Kyle Pitts might have been the one to pick up after his breakout game the other week but let's get rolling through it Grace we've got some DST streamers to go through now. These these guys are all, they're not lowly owned in in standard ESPN or ESPN leagues as a whole, but I feel like a couple of these teams might have been dropped in your league. So I'm going to that waiver wire or that free agency list and looking for one of these three because I feel like they probably should be there. Unless you're in a league like me and I picked up the Arizona Cardinals, I'm all in on the Cardinals moving forward. They're only owned in 60% of ESPN leagues, but they got Houston this, this week and I feel like they've probably been dropped after a couple of inconsistent games, but I'm starting them with confidence week in, week out right now. The next team is the Patriots. They're also owned in 60% of leagues. I feel like you can start them with confidence as well against Zach Wilson and the Jets. I'm definitely all in on the Patriots. The last team and one we've had on this list before is the New Orleans Saints. Now, they're owned in 52% of leagues. They've had their buy as well. Uh, I feel like a few owners might have dropped them because of that week six bye. They're a great play this week against the Seahawks. So I feel like... There's three almost top five defences this week. I'm feeling very confident. I've, I've sort of maybe hit or miss with the DST streamers this uh, this season so far. But Cardinals, Patriots, Saints, one of those should be available on your waiver wire right now. And I'd go pick them up and start them with confidence. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I've, I've gone and grabbed the Patriots in our league. So I'm all over them against the Jets this week. And, um, but I agree with the Cardinals. I've got them in another league and started with them. Uh, I think they're a week-to-week myself. At this stage, um, a couple to add here fits in. I know the Cowboys have got the buy, but if someone has dropped the Cowboys defense in your league, I would be picking them up and comfortably starting them week to week. They've had the most interceptions of any defense so far this year. Yes, they've leaked quite a few points, but they when they get these interceptions, we saw on the weekend, digs against, um, uh, I can't remember who they played now, Um I've had a mental blank but He had a pick six himself and, and he's been unreal. He's I think he's had the most interceptions to start the season um, of anyone ever uh, in the NFL. So he's uh he's been unreal. But um yeah, if they're on your uh waiver wire, I'd be uh once they've become a free agent, I'd be yep. just stashing them away because, you know, they've got some very talented players on that defensive end themselves. And another one He is I know they played Tampa Bay this week, but the Bears they're, they've recorded, I think, I'm pretty sure they've recorded the most sacks of any team, uh, any defensive team so far um, through the first six weeks. So, um, you know, if they're uh, if they can get through that offensive line of the Buccaneers, um, we know Brady doesn't run the ball very much, so he could get stuck in the pocket, and who knows?
0: Yeah. I don't mind that. So if, if the bears are dropped in your league, I'm scooping them up for sure. I think most owners might hang on to them, but if they have been dropped, get on them and start them with confidence. But speaking of some free agent picks, Gracie, let's run through some right now just to finish up before we get to your bowl call. The first one we've already spoken about, Dearness Johnson. He's only still owned in 3% of ESPN leagues. He's getting the start on uh, Thursday night football. I really like him this week. Probably just, uh, he's, he's only going to have value until uh, Chubb and Hunt come back. So feel free to start him in that uh, sort of meantime, but a couple of guys here I don't mind moving forward for some ongoing value. JD McKissick, we've already mentioned him. Now Gibson's injured, but he's been able to form a little role in that offense. Uh, I think he's coming to that sort of flex play territory right now. He's getting his sort of few ca- a few carries per game. He gets involved in the passing game. We've seen him do it at Seattle uh, a few years ago. I actually don't mind him as a week-to-week flex option, even with Antonio Gibson in the lineup, but a guy that I'm flagging for a big sort of second half of the season now, they've had their buyers. Michael Carter from the Jets. I think he's the clear starter now. I feel like they're going to let him play just to see what he can do. They've got Zach Wilson at quarterback. We know he's throwing picks left, right, and center. I think Michael Carter is worth picking up and worth playing. And like I mentioned earlier, I have to play him in a couple of leagues because I'm so short. But I think those three guys, I like Johnson's short-term value, but I like McKissick and Carter for ongoing value for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'd be putting Carter at the top of the list for me. I think short-term... Um, if you need a, a, a fill-in for the bye week this week, definitely get Johnson. He's going to have the full offense uh, there for the Browns. But, uh, yeah, Michael Carter, he's a rookie. He's only going to get better um, from week to week. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's no reason why you wouldn't um, just hold him on your bench. And he's going to get games where he's going to have some big games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. I feel like they're just going to let the rookie play. But going through a couple of wide receivers right now, and Sterling Shepard, he's missed a few games. He's available in 33% of leagues at the moment. He's back from injury. He was really effective early in the season before the injury, so I'm picking him up. I think he's I think he's startable no matter who's the quarterback. If, if Jones misses more time, I think he's still the man there. AJ Green, Gracie, we've had him on this list a couple of times already. I feel like he's a worthy a WR3 at this point. He's definitely a flex play option, particularly in PPR leagues. I feel like he's getting enough usage in there. He's getting his five or six catches. He's only had a couple of quiet games, but I reckon he's having a bit of a revival in terms of career. And Darnell Mooney, I think we have to start taking him seriously now. I'm an Alan Robinson. Owner in a couple of leagues, and I feel like it's time to start admitting that Darnell is the man to start at Chicago. It's not a great play, but I think he's the one if we're going to start a Bears wide receiver.
1: Yeah, so I hate to admit it as well. I'm a Robertson owner myself, and yeah, he's, he's out outdone uh, Robertson uh, most weeks at this stage. So look, six weeks in, hopefully Robertson can turn it around because we know he's talent. But uh, AJ Green, I really like him if you can stash him on your bench. Um, and keep him for you know when you need him through the buys. Um, he's a definite, especially you know you got Colin Murray as your quarterback, and then they've got other offensive weapons there that are going to take you know um, some attention away. And he he's just he's just going to flourish. So he's landing in a very good spot.
0: Absolutely, and he's such a good red zone target compared to like Christian Kirks and Rondell Moore and these guys. He's definitely number two to DeAndre Hopkins, and I feel like it's just because the offense is playing so well that he's a startable option these days, especially through the the uh, through the through buys. But before we wrap up, Gracie, we've got to get your bold call of the week. I always look forward to this, and uh, and, and <laughs> lay it on me now. I've got to hear this because, uh, yeah, you've piqued my interest.
1: Yeah, I'm going lights, Kamara, action, Fitzy. They're up against the Seahawks, and Kamara... Uh, <laughs> is projected to score almost 19 points so i'm uh, i'm going that he, he will have uh, a derek henry type display i reckon yep. so yeah i reckon he'll be the uh, the number one uh, running back for the week
0: I don't mind it, actually. I don't mind it. I think he's probably on the verge of a big game, like one of those six touchdown games that he can throw in there. I really like how he's getting it done on the ground, and we obviously know we can catch passes, but I love how they're getting him so involved in the rushing game, whereas in the years gone past, he's been more of a pass catch at first. But we'll have to yeah. see how that one plays out, Gracie. But thank you very much for joining me. It's been a very good episode. It's kind of, as you said at the start, you know, we're, what, a third of the way through the season now. Yeah. feels like we're moving through very quickly, but all eyes are on the Arizona Cardinals to see if they can uh, get that seventh win and stay undefeated. It.
1: yeah it's exciting and um you know everyone's gonna be trying to knock them off each week now so um look you know six six rounds in we'll uh yeah we got plenty 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 of football to go and uh you know a lot's gonna change between now and the end of the season
0: oh yeah and don't forget the nba started today when we're recording this if you want to get your nba fixed talking hoops we broke down the eastern conference last week and this week we we're talking western conference gracie talking about because how are you feeling after their game today
1: Oh, uh, it's week one. It was good to see Davis uh, play very well. So that's uh, that's promising. He's obviously come back fit and firing. Um, unfortunately, you know Westbrook was a bit of a letdown. So, but the rest of the guys were were pretty good um, themselves. So, um, you know, the, to start the game, they started off unreal and didn't look uh, didn't look their age. I suppose that they actually are. But uh, yeah, look, you know, eighty-one games to go, and it's a long season. I think if they can finish in the you know the top like in the top four of seeds in the West, I think they will be okay. I
0: think so. I reckon it'll be a bit the same from the Brooklyn Nets. Just sort of take it easy through the regular season. But of course, we'll be back next week to break down a massive week of fantasy football. But until then, take care and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. Greywolfentertainment.net.